So uh, this is the time of year when a lot of us begin to think about uh, the next the next year, uh, what's going to happen in 2020. Um, I think for myself, this has been a pretty big time of reflection because I, you know, am finishing college and kind of moving into a new phase of life. So the new year brings a lot of new things with it. Um, but every, I mean, that we we all kind of go through that process, uh, you know, at different changes in life whenever things move from one phase to another but it always seems like the end of a year kind of brings brings about this thought process of like okay you know what am I going to do differently next year how am I going to be better how am I going to improve myself you know people you know they say that you know gyms are the most uh the most popular time to go to the gym is in January Uh, and gyms are just like overcrowded in January because everybody's trying to lose weight or to reach some new fitness goal or, uh, or whatever the case is. Um, and I think that the reason for that is that we are, a, uh, as people, we tend to want to look, look for ways to improve ourselves. And whenever big milestones happen, whether it's, you know, uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, graduating or getting a new job or uh, even just something as simple as the calendar flipping over and it becoming a new year, we want to look for things within ourselves to improve upon and to, to change and to make uh, better. What I think is really uh, an important thing for us to think about as Christians, and what we're really going to spend the majority of our time talking about this morning, is what God wants us to focus on when we're going through this process of evaluating ourselves. And what do we need to uh, really spend our time and spend our energy thinking about when it comes to uh, what we're doing with our lives? Um, Really, what I want to focus on this morning is what are we setting our mind on? What things are we focusing on in our lives? Because the things that we spend our time thinking about and the things that we set our minds on are the things that are going to dictate where we go in life. They're going to dictate these, you know, these goals that we set or the, uh, the things that we want to accomplish for ourselves. I think that Paul in his letter to the Colossians really um, serves to bring about this idea in a really powerful way. Um, he mentions in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 this idea of setting our mind on things above. Um, I actually want to read for us again verses uh, 1 through 4 of Colossians chapter 3, if you'll uh, read along with me. He says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So just to kind of give you a roadmap of what I want to walk through this morning with you uh, briefly, um, I don't think this is going to be anything life-changing or, well, uh, take that back. I hope it's life-changing because God's word should be life-changing. But I don't think this is going to be anything new or anything you haven't heard before. But I do think that this lesson will hopefully help us set a framework for uh, setting goals in the new year. Um, and just any time that we are looking to improve ourselves like we are, you know, this time of year typically. So I want to begin by kind of discussing why it's important to consider what we set our minds on. Why is this an important question to ask ourselves? What is, why is this, this topic even important in the first place? And then in the rest of Colossians chapter 3, uh, beyond these verses that we just read, I want us to look at how Paul commanded the Christians in Colossae to really like practically accomplish this goal of setting our minds on the things above. And then in the end, I want to wrap up by looking at the bigger picture of what is really being accomplished and really um, the power behind uh, setting our mind on things above. 
Um, so first of all, the, the first question that I want us to think about is why is this important? Why is it important to think about uh, what we set our mind on? Um, if you look here at what we've just read in Colossians chapter 3, um, I think it's really powerful that Paul begins this section by mentioning those who are raised up with Christ. He kind of qualifies the statement that he starts out with saying, Therefore, if you have been raised, with, raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. At the moment of salvation, when we were raised up with Christ, this focus of our lives underwent a radical shift, or at least it should have undergone a radical shift. Before this, we lived for and were focused on the things of the world. Um, you had, and, and really, if you think about it, we had no reason to think of anything else. Um, before we came to Christ, there was, there was nothing else to, to live our lives based off of other than what we see around us. But now that we have been raised up with Christ, we now have a more, uh, we now have something greater and more uh, and higher to focus on. Um, and really, I think too often we view our walk with Christ as just kind of an addition to our lives. There's nothing uh, radical about it. There's nothing uh, crazy that's changed about our lives. It's really just maybe like a, you know, a change in social status or a, uh, maybe I think some people think of, you know, following Christ as some kind of eternal insurance policy where, well, I just got to make sure that I'm, you know, I got my things lined up in the, in the afterlife, you know. And while those things are, are you know, true, obviously, that, that is a, an important thing to focus on. I think what, call, what Paul is really calling us here to do is not so much just uh, kind of add Christ into our lives, but really completely shift and change our focus from the things that are on this earth to a higher realm, to something that is above. But why, why is this radical shift in focus necessary? Why can't we just continue to live our lives as we were before, uh, focusing on the things that are around us, focusing on the things of this earth, um, and not focused on Christ, not focused on the things above? I think that verse 1 really tells us that this is just like positionally impossible. Um, if, it, if you look there where it says that we have been raised up with Christ, if we've been truly raised up with Christ, our focus has to also be raised to where Christ is. If we're going to truly experience this resurrection, this renewal with Christ, we can't experience that fully if we're not focused on where Christ is. Christ is not of this earth. Christ is not focused on the things of this earth. And if we're going to follow him and truly uh, be people that are raised up with him, we have to imitate that as well. I think that seeking and setting our minds on things above is really just the natural result and the thing that flows so smoothly out of being raised up with Christ. Um, it just naturally flows out of that. <clears throat> so how do we actually practically fulfill this command of, being, uh, of setting our minds on things above and not on the things of this earth. Um, I really like Paul's writings because I think that Paul really gives uh, some helpful tips and practical suggestions on how to accomplish the somewhat like abstract and ethereal things that sometimes he talks about. You know, if I heard someone say, hey, set your mind on things above, um, my first thought would be like, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, how do I do that? And I think Paul really goes into some depth and helps the Colossians kind of figure out what does this actually look like and what steps do I need to take in order to accomplish this goal of setting my mind on things above? Um, we're going to cycle back around to verses 3 and 4 at the end of our study today, um, so just keep those in your mind. But 
Um, we'll go ahead and get into uh, Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 5 through 11 and discuss some things there, and then verses 12 through 17 and discuss some things there, some practical things about how Paul wanted to help the Colossians set their mind on things above. So I'm going to read Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11 for us. <clears throat> Colossians 3, 5 through 11. It reads, Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So when Paul approaches this topic of setting your mind on things above, the first and really necessary step in removing, in doing this is removal of things that are tethered to the earth. Um, he kind of mentions three things specifically that I see in this text at least. He talks about our actions, our words, and our attitudes as things that have the potential to keep us tethered to this earth, to keep us uh, kind of locked into the things and focus on the things of this earth. Um, before we go through and kind of look at each of these things uh, in a little more depth, I do want to just point out a couple of things that Paul mentions in this text, uh, some words that he describes when he talks about this removal process. So in verse, uh, in, uh, in, well, all throughout, he uses words like put them all aside or lay aside or consider them as dead. Um, these are the, the descriptors that Paul uses when he's talking about what this process of removing these earthly focuses looks like in our lives. Um, and really that's because I think that Paul wants us to treat these things as things that need to be laid aside. I think about in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 where it says, Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. I think a lot of times when we think about getting rid of things in our lives that keep us tethered to this earth, that's kind of a, a bit of a painful process for us almost, you know? Like we, we enjoy our lives on this earth. There are things here that make us happy and that we enjoy and that are pleasurable for us. Um, and so the thought of removing our focus from those things can kind of be painful sometimes. But I think that the way that Paul really describes this is in more of a, a positive sense, that if you're going to truly set your mind on things above, these things have to be laid aside because they will keep you tethered and tied down to this, uh, to this earth, if not. So the first thing that Paul addresses is, as needing removal is our actions. Um, when he, he says uh, to consider something dead, he says that we need to consider the members of your earthly body as dead. And then he lists off these uh, things that need to be considered uh, dead. Really, to consider something dead is to not give it a chance at life at all. And really the actions that Paul is describing here have to be treated in that way. Um, there's no way that someone with their mind set on things above can focus on these things that are listed here, this immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed. There's no way you can focus on those things and still be setting your mind on uh, things above. It's also, I think it's interesting here that Paul lists greed along with these other 
kind of sins of immorality or impurity that we often think about. Um, I think that that just goes to show that all these things are, the point of this is not, you know, it's some specific sin or something that's going to, you know, take you away from God. These are all things, he summarizes it at the end by saying, these are all things that lead to idolatry. These are all things that could take the place of God in our lives. Um, And we can't allow that to happen. We can't allow these earthly uh, passions and desires and greed to supplant God in our lives. Um, Because if we do, we're not going to be able to focus on the things above. We're going to be tied down to this earth. Secondly, Paul addresses the words of these brethren. Um, He emphasizes, uh, again, like I mentioned before, this idea of putting aside, and he uh, lists off uh, you know, these, these things in verse 8, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech, um, all things that I don't think uh, any of us would want to be characteristic of ourselves. Um, but I think that uh, a lot of times maybe we think that, you know, okay, well, as long as my actions are pure, it doesn't necessarily matter how much, what my, what my words are like, what, my, what things I say. I don't think we can separate the thing. I don't think we can separate things like that. Or, and you can say vice versa as well. There's a lot of times where maybe you, you talk a good talk and you say good things, but your actions don't line up with that as well. If these two things aren't working in parallel, then we're really not going to be able to fully uh, set our minds on the things that God wants us to. Um, because in some form or fashion, our mind is going to still be set on uh, things of this earth. Um, he also talks about, in verse 9, the idea of honesty. Um, honesty and, and not lying to one another uh, being required here as well. Um, our words carry weight and have a lot of power. Um, and so there's a responsibility that we have to be honest with each other, to, to speak truth instead of speaking lies. Finally, Paul addresses uh, our attitude, um, this final thing that could keep us tethered to this earth. Um, and I think he's talking about both our attitude towards ourselves and our attitude towards others. Um, he mentions here uh, the idea of laying aside the, these, these old things because you're la- you've laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed uh, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who's created us. Um, we're expected to view ourselves in a different light than before. We are no longer the same person. Once we have experienced being raised up with Christ, we're no longer the same person that we were before. Um, no longer from, we don't view ourselves from the world's perspective anymore, which is full of this li- these lies and deception and all the you know, bad things that we've uh, listed off in, in this section so far. We're now full of God's perspective. We're now full of who God sees us as. And who God sees us as is what's mentioned, like I said at the end of verse 10, that we are made in the image of the one who created us. That's the, that's the, that's the true knowledge. That's what... Um, that's what we truly are whenever we've been raised up with Christ. And I think we need to, to view ourselves as that because this change is only possible um, this change is only possible because of Christ. This is only possible because of what has been accomplished through him. Um, I think it's also interesting when you, when you look at the, uh, the end of this section where it talks about there's no longer any distinction. Because of this renewal, because of being raised up with Christ, there's no longer a distinction between people. And so that changes not only our attitude towards ourselves, but also our, our attitude towards other people. We can't look at people as all the things that he lists here anymore, Greeks and Jews and um, circumcised and uncircumcised, all these you know, social or uh, racial or whatever uh, you know, dividers that you want to use between people. Once you've been renewed with Christ, that changes not only your attitude towards yourself and who you are, 
but also towards who everyone else is and what, uh, what that means, what everyone else looks like. And so my question for us this morning is, and the thing that we all need to try to answer for ourselves is, are we willing to take the necessary steps to remove and to really like truly consider as dead and put aside and, and lay down these, any actions or attitudes or, or words that don't line up with the image of Christ? That's what we're attaining to. That's what we are aspiring to be more like. And, you know, I think sometimes this might, um, this process might seem tiresome or, uh, or, you know, maybe cumbersome or something like that. Um, it's, it's hard to serve Christ. It's hard to put aside the things of this world like we're being commanded to here. But if we're really going to set our mind on things above, I think that this is a necessary first step to getting to that place. So let's go on and read about what exactly this above looks like. Paul's going to describe for the Colossians here um, what it looks like to set our mind on things above and what that uh, actual thought process uh, is like. Read with me in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 12 through 17. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. It reads, So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Whoever has complained against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So when Paul starts discussing with the brethren here in, in Colossae what they actually should go about setting their minds on. So he's, he's already told them you need to remove these things from your life. But what should we be focusing on? What should we be setting our minds on? I think Paul really emphasizes two things here. I think he emphasizes both uh, service and devotion. Um, as things that we need to be a part of our lives if we're going to set our mind on things above. Um, it's really, it's not, it's actually not enough to just remove the negative influences from our life. Um, Paul's really calling on the Colossians here to refocus and to change their perspective from the things of the earth that he described in the previous section to things that are higher and greater and more uh, full of God, like he's described here. I think it's kind of interesting when you think about this section that when Paul begins to describe what the Colossians should focus their minds on, um, he doesn't talk about uh, the, that they need to meditate on the theological principles of you know, the Trinity or who God is or things like that. Obviously, those things are important and those things have their, their place in time. But when Paul talks about setting your mind on things above, what he actually mentions are dealing with a lot of things on this earth. Um, what he actually talks a lot about are our interactions with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and how we can serve one another and encourage one another to be more devoted. Um, I think that's really that's a really powerful concept here that, uh, that Paul's trying to bring out to the, uh, to the Colossians. So first of all, Paul talks about this idea of service um, in verses 12 through 15. Um, he mentions that these attitudes, they come from the heart. Um, these are not things that, uh, that are, you know, uh, external or can just be kind of faked. 
these are things that have to truly come from within us. Uh, we have to put on a heart of compassion and kindness and all these good qualities that he lists. Um, like I mentioned before, these are expressed through serving one another. These are expressed through doing these things for one another, being servants, um, being people of humility and patience towards one another in our, uh, in our everyday interactions, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. All these things have to do with our interactions with each other and how we can uh, serve and, uh, and give really towards those who are around us. Um, there's, really, there's also this idea of uh, mutual agreement or unity that's talked about here. That in our service, um, we have to, we, this, this bonds us together in unity, where he says in verse 14 that above all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Um, these things are supposed to bring us together. They're supposed to, to unify us and bring us into, into one accord. And really, I think that the, the biggest motivator here for this service is that this is supposed to look like Christ. This is supposed to be an imitation of Christ. He says in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is not, you know, peace that the world prescribes. This is not, um, you know, any of these qual any any of these qualities that are listed here could are things that could be done by the world. There are, there are things that you know everyone loves a compassionate person. Everyone loves a kind person. What Paul is describing here is something higher and something even greater than the good things that the world uh, prescribes. Sometimes, a peace of Christ that is ruling in our hearts. Um, he's really the ultimate example that we have of uh, the who we are supposed to imitate in this uh, in this service. But Paul doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just talk about how we are supposed to serve and, and honor and respect one another. He also goes on to talk about how we are to be devoted to God. Um, in verse 16, he talks about uh, letting the word of Christ richly dwell within our hearts. Um, I can't think of a better thing to set our mind on when we're trying to think about things that are, that are above than the word of Christ itself. Um, these are the things that we're supposed to to let live through us. And that's what he describes here is not just, he doesn't just say read the word of Christ or study the word of Christ. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in your heart. Let it be something that lives within you. And, uh, and not just that, but this is supposed to be something that we are mutually encouraging each other to do. Um, I think it's so cool throughout this whole section here when he's telling the Colossians how to, how to do this whole mindset change of setting our mind on the things above Really, a lot of that has to do with our interactions with each other. How are we going to serve each other? How are we going to encourage each other? How are we going to help each other do this thing of letting Christ's word dwell richly in our hearts? Um, we need other people for that. And people that, uh, you know, people that claim or say that they can you know, just do it on their own and they don't need anyone else, I don't get that. Because I know personally myself, I need other people to help me uh, accomplish these things that are, that are being accomplished here. Um, this mutual devotion, devotion and encouragement is really, it's, it's key to the attitude that's being reflected in, in all of our thoughts and all of our actions uh, every day. And so my question for you here is, if you're struggling to find ways to set your mind on things above, if maybe this seems like a, you know, an abstract concept to you or something that you don't really know how to practically start doing in your everyday life, I think that the two things that Paul mentions here are a really powerful way of accomplishing that. Um, go find someone to serve. Go find someone where you can practice the qualities that are, that are listed here of 
compassion and kindness or humility, gentleness, patience. Maybe you already have opportunities to practice those things in your life and you're just not taking advantage of them. I know that that's the case for me. Um, maybe you already are serving. Maybe you already are you know, a very servant-hearted person that's doing a lot of things for other people. Um, maybe there's, there's room for uh, adding some devotion to God in your life and, and really trying harder to let the word of Christ dwell within us richly. Um, I think that's a that's a, a high task to to put in front of us, um, but I think that it's something that we need to do if we're truly going to do what Paul talks about here of setting our mind on things above. Um, there's uh, there you know, we could go on and on and elaborate about how to accomplish these things, but I think starting with this idea of service to others and devotion to God um, and mutually encouraging each other in both of those things is a great place to start. When we think about how do we go about setting our mind and focusing on things that are above, those things are, are really uh, just kind of good starting points. So sometimes I think that maybe this all seems uh, a little bit uh, difficult or you know too much, or, or maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking like, oh yeah, that sounds good, but then we leave here and, and I'll leave here and I'll you know go on to you know the next thing that I have planned and forget about this. Um, I'm not saying I want you to forget about what I'm saying right now, but I, I know that happens, so it's, it's, it's okay. Um, so what is, like, um, what is like the motivation or the power behind what is being accomplished in setting our mind on things above? What is really uh, the bigger picture of what's, what's going on here and what God is actually accomplishing by, um, through us by setting, uh, helping us set our mind on things above? Um, I think what's really powerful is that God has not left us alone in accomplishing this task of setting our mind on things above. If you go back up to verses 3 and 4, um, actually, I'll, I'll go back up to verse 2. Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I think what leaves what's so powerful about what God has done here is that God has taken us completely out of the equation. He says here in verse 3 that you have died. You have died. And now your life is hidden with Christ and God. Um, I don't think about my uh, life that I live as that way very often. I, I tend to be very, like, actually very possessive about my life. That this is, you know, my life and I'm making the choices that I'm making and I'm doing... Uh, the things that I'm doing, you know, for me. And I'm trying to do good things maybe, but it's still like for me in the end. What Paul is saying here is that we've been taken completely out of the picture here. We are no longer um, part of the equation when it comes to this decision making. Our life is now hidden with Christ. It's now completely wrapped up with, with Christ in God and what he's accomplished. Paul echoes this idea in both of the sections that we read below this as well. If you look at verse... 11, he says at the end of that, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is supposed to be all-encompassing. There's no part of our lives or part of this process of removing ourselves from the world that Christ is not a part of. Um, down in verse 17, uh, the, you know, the famous verse that we've all probably heard, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. Christ is supposed to be this all-encompassing force that almost completely envelops us. 
really should completely envelop us. Um, if we are truly raised up with Christ, this is what we are agreeing to. This is what we are uh, aspiring to. Um, our life and our identity are going to be completely wrapped up in Christ and focused on his things, focused on the things of Christ and no longer the things that are on uh, this earth. But even beyond that, I think that we're given a great promise in verse 4. Um, it says, if, if Christ, who is our life, so if Christ is your life, if your life is wrapped up and defined by Christ, and we have set our mind on the things above, like I've mentioned before, then we are going to be revealed alongside Christ in his glory someday. I think it's really cool, the idea of while we are on this earth, that we are, we are hidden by Christ, or we are wrapped up in Christ. And that then one day after we've gone through this life, and after we've you know, struggled to you know, do the things that he's talking about here, we're going to be revealed to be glorious, just like Christ is. Um, that's the ultimate transformation that we're looking for. Obviously, the things that we're talking about today will look like a transformation in our lives. But the ultimate transformation and the ultimate change that is going to happen to us is, is one day when we are revealed uh, to be glorious with Christ. And that's what we need to aspire to. Um, that's what needs to inspire us to do whatever it takes, no matter what the sacrifice is required or no matter how hard it is or maybe how difficult it seems at times. This is what should inspire us and motivate us to want to do whatever it takes to set our mind on things above. And so I hope that this year, as, as this year comes to a close and maybe as you're reflecting on this past year and looking forward to the new year, um, I hope that you'll think about some of these things as, you know, we tend to, to set goals and to, you know, make um, resolutions or whatever you want to call those for ourselves. Um, if nothing else, resolve to, in, in 2020, or really starting today, the you know, last two weeks of 2019, set your mind on things above. Ask yourself if there are things in your life that need removal. If there are any actions or attitudes or words in your life that need to be removed in order for you to not be tethered to this earth anymore and be able to focus on the things that are above. And I think it's also important for us to ask ourselves if we need to refocus on the things above. Um, what we've talked about this morning with serving one another and being devoted to God and encouraging one another in those things I think that's a really good starting place. If you're struggling with how do I set my mind on things above, or maybe just trying to think about ways to do that better um, in the new year, I think that that's a good starting place um, to say, how can I serve? How can I be more devoted? How can I encourage other people more? And really the power and the motivation for all this, like I just mentioned, all comes from setting our mind on Christ and allowing ourselves to be wrapped up in um, really have our entire identity wrapped up with who Christ is. And if we do that, we're going to be revealed with him in glory someday. I hope that this has been encouraging, and I hope that we can um, take these things with us as we leave, um, as we go into uh, the new year. Um, Richard, Richard will have a song, and then we'll, uh, we'll close out after that. Let's stand as we sing number seven.